Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lands. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Isaiah 46. An idol demotes God, and it elevates the idol, or it elevates men. And God says, to whom, verse 5, will you liken me? Would you liken me? And make me equal and compare me. That's what's happening in the house of Dagon. They're side by side, but God says, there's no comparison that we should be alike. Those who lavish gold from the purse and waste silver on the scale or hire a goldsmith, and he makes, he, and he makes it into a god. And they bow down, indeed they worship it. Notice this. They lift it up. They lift it upon the shoulder and carry it. They set it in its place and it stands there. It does not move from its place. Though one may cry to it, it cannot answer. It cannot deliver him from his distress. And then notice, remember this. And be assured, recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things long past, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me. I'm sorry to our friends that we talk to and they say, look, I'm a sincere religious person and you know, it's all the same and all gods are alike. I'm sorry. That's a lie. It's a lie. You know why I know that? I just read you a passage where God says, you can't compare me to any other God. No other God is my equal. You will have no other gods before me. I am God. And by the way, he says over and over again in these chapters, and there is none other. He has cornered the market on deity. Now that's not a popular message. But you can see how the enemy of our souls has twisted a lie that all religions are the same. They're all going to lead you to the same place. All that really matters is sincerity. And the Bible says the direct opposite of that. But that is narrow. That is too restrictive. That is bigoted in some people's opinion. But the fact is, that is the truth. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, And the life, get this, and no one, no one is coming to the Father except through me. Now that's either true or it's not. But if we're playing games with language or how you end up getting to God, then that's all we're doing. At best is playing games and at worst we're just, it's just a downright lie. In Psalm 115 when the psalmist go back at just a few books, writes about idols. He says that this is the implication of worshiping idols. Psalm 115.1 Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to thy name give glory. Psalm 115.1 Because of thy loving kindness, because of thy truth, why should the nation say, where now is their God? But our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. Psalm 115, verse 4. Contrast. Their idols are silver and gold. The work of man's hands. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, but they cannot hear. They have noses, but they cannot smell. They have hands, but they cannot feel. They have feet, but they cannot walk. They cannot make a sound with their throat. 
Those who make them will become like them. Everyone who trusts in them. And then Israel is exhorted, O Israel, trust in the Lord, the real God. He is their help and what? He's their shield. Look, if you want true refuge, then you've got to go to the God, back to 1 Samuel, who is true. And stick to what he says about himself, whether popular in culture or not. Dagon and all the other gods that people banty about are not the answer. And if you follow them or you make them, the warning from the Bible is you'll become like them. Lifeless, dead, unable to produce really anything. You'll just be all show and nothing inside. How many plastic people do you know? They've become like the things that they worship, whether it's the God of money or pleasure or whatever it is. They've become that. These things, these choices in life have significant implications. And the Bible makes it clear that if you worship Yahweh, the true God, you become what? Like Him. You become like the God you serve. That's why as a Christian, we should stand out as different because we're representing the true and the living God. So the priests have scurried and they, they set Dagon back in place. Uh, maybe no worse for wear, maybe a few scuff marks. and you know, Maybe they got some touch-up paint and set him back in there. All right, are you good? Hey, good, good. I don't know, he's wobbling a little bit. Hey, you good? Dagon, you good? I don't know, he's not talking right now. He might be upset. So 1 Samuel 5, 4 says, when they arose early the next morning, behold, Dagon had fallen on his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord and the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off on the threshold. Only the trunk of Dagon was left to him. Uh, Dagon had become truncated. For those of you who like words, just love that. When we say something is truncated, we mean that we've kind of shortened the story. Dagon lost a little height. He's truncated. Anyway. I never thought I would be a person who would come to appreciate language like that. When Brenda and I first got married, she was the one with the vocabulary. And I walk around, duh, <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> right? And then she says, you've studied all this theology for 25 years. Now you've got all these words. T-I-O-N endings, epistemology, theology, the consecration, <laughs> truncated. <laughs> what in the world are you talking about? Anyway. Notice that Dagon, both the palms of his hands were cut off, where? On the threshold. Do you know that in ancient times, the threshold had very great significance because the threshold was the place that separated the holy from the normal or 
the, the unholy kind of secular, if you will, world. But when you crossed the threshold, you crossed into the holy place. As a matter of fact, covenants were made in the threshold. And when the groom would carry the bride over the threshold, it was a sign of the covenant. He'd, he'd carry her over it. Uh, even the Israelites, when they put the blood on the doorpost and lentil, they, they did that on the threshold of their home. Their home was protected and it was sealed, if you will, by the blood of the lamb. So God has allowed this to occur right on the threshold. And only, the literal language is only Dagon remained on him, or the Septuagint says only Dagon's spine was left. He had no head, no hands. I would say he was spineless anyway, but he's cut off. Just laying there, broken. Fish bones, devastated. <laughs> And so get this. So, okay, your God's laying there, right? Now, if you found your God two days in a row like this, would you consider switching gods? Would you take a fresh look at the ark and say, you know, given the position of our God and now the fact that he's broken, <laughs> he... It doesn't appear that the God of Israel is worshiping our God. It appears that our God, Fishman, <laughs> is worshiping Yahweh. What in the world is going on here? That's, I think, questions that you would think that would, they would ask. But there's a therefore, verse 5, and it says, Neither the priest of Dagon nor all who enter Dagon's house, what they do with it? They don't tread on the threshold of Dagon. And Ashdod to this day, I was reading one writer who said that this practice uh, moved into the first centuries A.D., even after the time of Christ. Get this, anybody who went into Dagon's temple walked over the threshold. You ever seen a baseball manager? Superstitious. He doesn't want to step on the chalk. He's going to go pull the pitcher or the pitcher's going to... And they jump over the chalk. Why do they jump over the chalk? I'm going to step on the chalk. Why? Superstitious. I've had these socks on since Saturday. <laughs> Why? <laughs> right? That's what they did with it. They said, you know, our God's had a bad couple of days. <laughs> Think he might need counseling. And we will now institute a new rule for all fish followers. Don't walk on the chalk. <laughs> what? That's your solution to your God falling over. And hopefully nobody will notice the super glue. Because remember, he lost his head and his hands. And I don't know if they had super glue way back then, but some dude had to put him back together again. Turn him around. Maybe the tape won't show. I'm sure they had duct tape back in that time. Amazing. Are you kidding me? Now, verse 6, if we could recover. <laughs> the hand of the Lord was heavy on the Ashdodites, and he ravaged them and smote them with tumors. Wow. The, the Hebrew literally means swellings. Um, in the next chapter, they are going to offer Yahweh golden tumors and mice or rats. 
And some scholars, because they were a seafaring people, and you can see the map that they were on the coast, at least some of their major cities, think that, this is conjecture, but that the plague was connected to mice or rats coming off ships and they connected to the bubonic plague. I have no idea if that has merit or not. But what was breaking out on people was something like tumors. Swelling mounds is the literal Hebrew word. And they were popping up on people everywhere. God's hand was heavy upon them. The word heavy is an interesting word because it is the word for glory. We know that when the mom, um, daughter-in-law of Eli was giving birth to Ichabod, she said, the glory has gone. The word kavod in Hebrew for glory means that which is weighty or that which is heavy. And the glory, she said, the glory is gone. It's Ichabod. And God's heavy hand was now, he was manifesting his power in a different way, now heavy upon the Philistines, specifically those in Ashdod. And he ravaged them, he smote them with tumors, verse 6, both Ashdod and its territories. And when the men of Ashdod saw that it was so, they said, the ark of God of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand is severe on us, And on Dagon, our God. I think it's time to have a summit or something. We need to talk about this because things are not going well. Our God's had a couple of bad days and there's disease rampant everywhere. So they sent and they gathered all the lords of the Philistines and to them and said, what shall we do? There's these five lords now from the five territories. What should we do with the ark of the God of Israel? And they said, Let the ark of the God of Israel be brought around to Gath. And they brought the ark of the God of Israel around. Now, I don't know why Gath got chosen. I mean, we know, Pastor Chris, you mentioned Goliath was from Gath. I don't know if that has any significance at all. But these cities are all kind of close together. And Gath is east. Um, If you see Ashdod's on the coast, and if you go... um, you go east, you got Gath, maybe closer to Israelite territory. Maybe they're trying to get away from the coast. Or maybe they just drew straws in the meeting. <laughs> the guy from Gath. Oh, man. Guess what? <laughs> it's going to your town. I have no idea if that's what happened. But Gath is the selected spot. It came about, verse 9, that after they had brought it around, The hand of the Lord was against the city with very great confusion. NIV, it says, great panic. And he smote the men of the city, both young and old, so that tumors broke out on them. Well, Gath isn't faring so well. Panic has hit the city. People are breaking out in these terrible tumors. And so they sent the ark of God to Ekron. I don't read anything about another meeting. (laughs) I just think they picked the next city. We're getting this thing out of here. 22 miles southwest of Jerusalem and it happened as the Ark of God came to Ekron. I think the people of Ekron were watching the news. (laughs) They saw some footage. People walking around with all kinds of lumps and stuff. We're getting this out of here. What do you think? I don't know, but I heard it's coming to Ekron. Get it out of... So the people of Ekron, they're talking to their city council, <laughs> calling the lords, calling the hotline. 
And it happened, as the ark of God came to Ekron, that the Ekronites cried out, saying, They have brought the ark of the God of Israel around to us to kill us and our people. Oh no! The ark's come here now. And they sent therefore and gathered all the lords of the Philistines and said, Send away the ark of the God of Israel. Let it return to its own place, that it may not kill us and our people. There was a deadly confusion or panic throughout the city and the hand of God was heavy there. And the men who did not die were smitten with tumors and the cry of the city went up to heaven. And in the humorous irony that's all over this text, the ark has made, would you notice, it's made a circuit. It's gone around from city to city. Each city where it stops First it starts in the temple of Dagon and things go really bad. They send it away and, he, and the ark visits different Philistine cities. And with each visit, God has a little present for the Philistines. It's judgment and judgment and judgment. And do you see what's happening? God is making a victory circuit through the Philistine <laughs> camps. All because they don't want him there so they push him over there and he deals with them and they push him over and he's made a victory lap now. Until finally, the Philistines say, Get this ark out of here! It's obvious whose God is God! (laughs) Wow. This is the power of our God. I want to leave you with the book of Numbers. Just go back a few books. Numbers. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. You remember that um, when the Philistines were worried about the ark uh, coming into the camp of Israel. They said, oh, this is the God, or these are the gods who, who defeated, remember, Egypt. Man, we're in trouble. And the, but they messed it up the courage, and then they thought, we're more powerful than the Egyptians. Look at what's happened. We've got the ark. Well, that didn't last long, right? And there was a great cry that went up to heaven. What do you think the cry was? Do you think that after a territory or a group of people experience the heavy hand of God, the cry should have been, oh God, you're the true God. We repent. We're knocking down temples dedicated to to Dagon. We're knocking down Asherah poles. We're, We're getting rid of the idols. We're coming back to the true God. But there's nothing in here that says that they did that. And when God dealt with the last plague in Israel... There wasn't one household where somebody wasn't dead and there was a great cry in Egypt. And Pharaoh said, go and worship your God. But no evidence that he repented, no evidence that, they, that the Egyptians turned to the God of the Bible. Numbers 33, verse 1. Numbers 33, 1. Now these are the journeys of the sons of Israel by which they came out of the land of Egypt by their armies under the leadership of Moses and Aaron. Numbers 33, 2. And Moses recorded their starting places according to their journeys by the command of the Lord. These are their journeys according to their starting places. And they journeyed from Ramses in the first month on the 15th day of the first month. Numbers 33, 3. On the next day after the Passover, the sons of Israel started out boldly in the sight of all the Egyptians. So now they're all leaving. While the Egyptians were burying all their firstborn, whom the Lord had struck down among them, 
the Lord had also executed judgments on their gods. You know what's interesting? When the children of Israel, when, when Pharaoh finally broke and said, get out of here, go! And they took all the articles and the people were saying, we're going to all die. They were going out and the day that they went out, connected to the Passover, the Egyptians, imagine how many people they had to bury that day. And the people of Israel were going out in victory, marching and celebrating the power of God. And another group had experienced the power of God too. Egypt. And they were burying their dead. And Egypt in the Bible represents the world. Pharaoh represents the devil. And God had his favor on Israel. And he delivered them with a mighty hand. And it's all a picture of the gospel. Egypt, a type of the world, we get trapped in the world. Pharaoh is a type of Satan, we get sucked in. We, we, get, uh, we get the taskmasters, we're doing the mud dance, we're building buildings for him, we're getting whipped. And God, through his mighty deliverance, delivers us. And he deals the death blow. And here's the gospel. God has dealt the death blow to sin. The devil, sin, and death are defeated. They're defeated foes. And we have marched out. And we're marching to a kingdom that has been secured for us by the blood of the Lamb. It's sealed on the threshold, if you will. The covenant has been made. The new covenant in His blood. And we are now more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Our God is a God of mighty power. Do you believe it? Mighty deliverance. We don't always understand everything that happens in this world. Sometimes there's temporary setbacks and defeats. Sometimes, imagine what the people of Israel had to be thinking. The ark is where? What? But how did God turn it around? Just as he did the cross. Jesus is what? Can you imagine a person who disconnected from the group for a few months? He's been crucified? What? And yet God used the cross for our ultimate victory, would you? Bow with me. Lord, thank you for your mighty power. Thank you that you're a God of deliverance. Thank you that you, you deal with your enemies sometimes very severely. But we know the Philistines, well, Lord, they had it coming and we, we just pray that some of the Philistine people did wake up and realize what was going on. But more than that, we, we pray that the people of God would get the message, that we, Lord, tonight would get the message that there's no one like you. Forgive us, Lord, as a nation when we have put other things before you, taken credit for things that we should have been giving you thanks for, you have blessed us like no other people. You've blessed the church in this nation and Lord, we're grateful to be your people. We're, we're humbled by your mighty deliverance. We've experienced your power. But Lord, we realize that we must come back, get closer to you. All other gods are a sham. You're the true God. And thank you that you are our God. We want to be able to say that afresh tonight. You are our God, Lord. We love you. We believe in you. We trust in you. Give us a renewed, fresh faith. Uh, Help us to remove the idols. If that's a struggle, remove the idols from our lives. They're only going to take us down. They're, They're really nothing. They're dead and lifeless. Fill us with your life and power. Help us to follow you to trust in you. If you're not a believer tonight, tonight can be your night to trust in the true God, to experience his mighty power. Trust in his son's death for you on the cross.
his resurrection from the dead. Just say something like this. And if you want to pray it right now, pray it. Jesus, I believe that you are God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. And I trust you as my Savior and my Lord. I repent of my sin and receive you. Lord, for this precious church, thank you for the heart of this congregation. Thank you for the passion for the gospel. Keep us reliant on your power and in awe of your majesty. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the church tab. You can follow us on Instagram at livingtruthcorona or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org. God bless you. I appreciate you listening to Living Truth Radio. My name is Michael Lance. I have the privilege of uh, being one of the pastors at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. If you want to find out more about Living Truth, two ways you can get to us. You can go to livingtruthradio.org or livingtruthcorona.org. Either site will get you to the other one. If you'd like to donate to this program, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the donate button. If you'd like to find out more about the church fellowship in the northern part of the city of Corona, uh, check out livingtruthradio.org. Just click on the church. You'll find out service times, Bible studies, lots of stuff that's going on. There's other things that you can access on our website, like articles. You can uh, connect to our uh, uh, big archive section of sermons. There's a lot going on there. You can also check out the Bible Answer Show, where we do a program taking live questions at noon, Monday through Friday. You can find out all the details about where that program airs and what's going on with that at livingtruthradio.org. On behalf of Oscar Santa Cruz and Shane Lance, we'll catch you next time on Living Truth Radio. Hi, this is Pastor Michael, and I just want to take a moment to thank you for listening to Living Truth Radio. And, you know, when we're doing radio, folks, um, it's a little hard to tell who's listening. And we'd like to be able to uh, hear from our listening audience. And we're not asking for anything other than just drop us an email and let us know uh, if the program has been a blessing to you. We'd certainly like to hear from you. We're always looking how to best spend our stewardship dollars in terms of the ministry of radio. And so we'd like to know uh, how we're doing. And drop the email to office at livingtruthcorona.org. That's office at livingtruthcorona.org. And just let us know who you are and if you've been listening, if the program's been a blessing to you. That would really help us out, and that would be a blessing to us just to hear from some of our radio listeners. So again, drop an email to office at livingtruthcorona.org. Thank you so much for listening and praying for us and supporting us if you can. And we uh, are very appreciative of the body of Christ and pray that the Lord will bless you and your family. Thank you for listening to today's program. Our mission is to get the truth of God's Word out. This is our passion. We want to impact as many people as possible. And we have an opportunity to expand this radio program, and we need you, the listener, to partner with us in prayer and in giving. 
You can give to our ministry through our website at livingtruthcorona.org. That's livingtruthcorona.org.